we have really been um, exploring what Jesus said and what Jesus did. I really think there's nothing more important than that. We have a lot of voices, a lot of people uh, vying for our attention. There is a lot of noise in society and culture right now, and we're trying to figure out who to follow and, and, and what side to choose. And I think it's important that we get back to the basics of what Jesus said and what Jesus did and what he is saying and what he is doing. Amen. And so this morning we're going to look at a story uh, of Jesus and his disciples and look at some of the things that he said in some encounters. So exactly looking at what Jesus did and what Jesus said this morning. And that is pure and that is genuine. And so I will sum up the sermon really quickly right now. So if you feel like it's just time to check out in the middle of it, you, you won't feel guilty. All right. Are you with me? Is that all right? So this morning, I want us to accept what God has instead of asserting what we have. I want us to accept God's will instead of asserting our own will. Are you with me? Accept, not assert. We want to accept all the love and grace and mercy, all the life-giving abundance that God has for us. We want to accept it instead of asserting our own will and our own ego and our own pride and our own thoughts and our own anger. We want to sit at the feet of Jesus this morning and accept all that he has for us. That is what's pure and that is what's genuine. We have enough asserting. We have enough moving to the front of the line. We have enough trying to become famous. We have enough trying to become important. We have enough assertion. We need more acceptance. So we want to accept all that God has for us this morning. Receive it. We're hungry for it. We do not want to take this moment for granted. I feel like sometimes we take Jesus for granted. I want us to have this desire, this hunger to be more like him and accept all that he has. Accept, not assert. That message was so strong in my life, I even wrote it in my Bible and put a date next to it. It's just something that that I'm passionate about, and I know that it's just a, a phrase that will really shape me for the rest of my life. Just accepting what God has instead of pushing my own agenda, instead of asserting my own will and my own wisdom and my own dominance. I want to accept and humble myself in the sight of God, our Father. What Jesus said and what Jesus did. So open up your Bibles to the book of Mark, and we will look at Mark chapter 9, starting with verse 33 through 37. Mark chapter 9, beginning with verse 33 through 37. Stand with me as we read the word of the Lord this morning. After they arrived, they being the disciples, at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, 
What were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which one of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said, Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Then he put a little child among them, taking the child in his arms. He said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my father who sent me. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God and you may be seated. I think this is a a great story. Jesus and his disciples are are walking. You know what? Can we bring the lights back up? It's just really awkward. I don't even feel... Oh, oh, there's people here. Okay. All right. That was that little barrier I felt this morning. I felt there was a little barrier between us. It was the lights. This is a really cool story. So Jesus is walking on the road, and he hears the disciples behind him arguing. And he turns around and goes, what are you guys doing? What are you guys talking about? What... And and they could not even hear Jesus because they were arguing and complaining so loud. Okay, I don't know about you, but sometimes the noise in our life is so elevated and our conversations with one another can be so loud that we miss the voice of the Savior. That's my fear is that we're missing the presence of God because we are so interested in pushing our own agenda through Facebook. And that's so loud that we miss the voice of the creator. And so he turns around and says, what? What, what's going on? What, 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 are you, what are you arguing about? And they were arguing about who would be more famous and who would be more important. And so Jesus does something pretty extraordinary. He picks up a child to make a point. He, he picks up a child and brings them into his arms. How do children tend to view what people tell them? Do they accept it with humility or do they accept it with skepticism? Humility. They they know that that person that's probably talking to them loves them. Or maybe they even love that person. A, A child receives that instruction or receives those words with humility. Amen? And so Jesus was making a point that we need to be like a child. And we need to accept his will. Not with skepticism or not even being able to hear it because what we're doing is so much more important. But we need to accept what God has for us like a child. Why would a child even doubt the words of a a parent or doubt the words of a mentor? They receive it with such humility. So we become great by accepting God's plan, not asserting our own. 
We don't want to be childish. Childish means we're selfish and we're impatient and we're spoiled and we're rude and we're destructive. God, through Jesus, is not saying to be childish. He is saying to be childlike, humble, sincere, kind, sharing with others. If you go to Chick-fil-A, please give me a call. Share with others. I learned that in kindergarten. You know, if, if you bring something for one, bring something for, for all, right? So if you go to Starbucks before the service, think about your pastor, okay? That would be, that would be really nice. So he's calling us to be childlike, not childish. Loving unconditionally. Having this awe and being full of wonder and being childlike is also being truthful. Children tell the truth. They will give you their expression and their uh, outlook pretty simply and very truthful. The simplicity of a child's worldview is refreshing and it's astounding. Sure, children have their moments of rebellion and they have their moments of fussing, but don't we all? People today are in such a hurry to be noticed. People today are in such a hurry to become famous and raise their social status and appear important. And so Jesus crashed into this conversation with his disciples when their level was so elevated because they were arguing about who was better than the other. They were so insecure that they were arguing about who was going to be more famous that they were missing out on God's plan. They were asserting their own desires and their own will amongst each other and neglecting to accept what God has for us. And so Jesus picks up a child and said, we need to be more like this child and humbly accept the plan that God has for you and for us. And it's good, and it's perfect, and it's pleasing. Amen? Instead of looking to raise your own status, instead of looking to elevate your own importance, we need to be praying for a place to serve. Maybe I'll get an amen at the 11 o'clock service. Be praying for a place to serve. This is what is, is frustrating me. Well, what do I get? If I serve in this area, if I serve in this department, then what do I get? What's in it for me? In our society currently, it, it feels like it's very transactional. Of course I'll do that, but what's in it for me? What do I get? Many, many years ago, there was a bank in my hometown in Kansas City. And if you opened up an account at the bank, you got a handgun. That bank really increased their numbers. Okay, I'll sign up at the bank, but what's in it for me? What do I get? And so we take that 
mindset into our relationship with God and into our relationship with the church. Sure, I serve, but what do I get? Are you kidding me? What do you get? What do you have to give? You have an opportunity to give. You have an opportunity to use what God has given you and use it for His glory and for His kingdom. I have never felt so satisfied I have never been more content or happy in my life than when I am using what God has given me. I've never been more stretched. I've never had so much emotion than when I am offering everything God has given me. So it's not about what you get It's about what you give. We accept all that God has for us. And then we serve and we give in His name. If God wants you to serve on a bigger scale, if He wants your stage to be bigger, He'll invite you to it. Strength is for service, not status. Strength is for serving others, not for your own status. Serving is more important in your marriage than your status. Serving is more important in your family than your status. Serving is more important in relationship. And serving is more important in the church than your status. But serving requires humility. And being humble helps us recognize that everything we have, everything we are, comes from God. And in some part, everything we are and everything we have is a result of others contributing to our lives. Amen? We're called to serve. We're called to offer everything that God has for us to others. Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. In my Bible, that is written in red. The red letters, the actual words of Jesus. Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Else, Mark ten forty five says that Jesus came not to be served, but he came to serve. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came into this world to be a servant to all. If Jesus, who is God, can take the attitude of a servant, why is it so hard for us? Why is it so hard for us to take a servant's position? Many years ago, I was fortunate to go on a mission trip to Ecuador with a group from uh, New Life uh, Community Church of the Nazarene in uh, Pismo Beach. 
It was such an extraordinary trip. And this church that we served with used children to serve others. And so they had children greeting and they had children um, being ushers. Uh, they had some children giving announcements. They had children in their, their worship team. Uh, the pastor would have a child come and read the text for the morning. It was mind-blowing. It was so refreshing. This, this church was very childlike. Not childish, but very childlike. It was so refreshing. And you know how the kids got to church? They walked. And some would have to cross a highway, just take the I-5 in your mind, or or I-80, and expand that by eight. And so there would be four lanes of traffic on both sides, and I mean, it was traffic. And these children had to navigate through the traffic. If you've ever been to a third world country, you understand the traffic. There's no, like, not a lot of stop signs. Uh, There's no uh, laws, (laughs) seat belts. Um, it's just really madness. And these children had to navigate through the traffic and they would come down from the mountains. They'd come down over cliffs with nothing but maybe two sizes, two small flip-flops or bare feet. But they were so hungry to serve. There was nothing in it for them other than the care that they received from the church body and the care that they received from giving. And so the pastor asked us, Every day, and they did this every day. The children would come to the church every day. If we would go and walk with them and just experience their life through their eyes and through their footsteps. And so Hannah and I, my oldest daughter, we would go every day and we got to uh, meet Mireya. And Mireya would walk with us to the church every day. And it took us an hour as we navigated the traffic as we navigated the mountain goats, as we navigated the rocks and the, the, the inclines, and as we navigated everything. But Mireya was so happy to serve. She was so excited to be a part of something bigger than herself that she would get up every single morning in a house that was about the size of this half of the stage. It was her mom and her in just this very small, I wouldn't even call it a house. It was whatever material that they found um, lying around or at a, at a, a city dump and they, and they created a dwelling. She was so excited every day to come to this house of praise, this house of prayer, this house of worship and serve and give and love and embrace. It's because the church recognized her value and the church recognized her importance and the church recognized who she was in Jesus. So if you're looking for something to get back for your presence at a place, get over it. It's not about you. It's about Jesus, what he said and what he did, what he's saying and doing. And he is stirring up your heart to act and to love 
and to serve. And so every day we would walk with Mireya to the church and look through her, her eyes and walk in her footsteps as she went expecting and anticipating the day to use whatever she had for the glory of God. I attempted to sneak her onto the plane with me. Just a beautiful spirit. I had that written by this scripture, Mireya's walk. I'll never forget Mireya's walk. What she had to do to get to church. How difficult was it for you today to get here? Well, you know what? The World Cup's on today, so I'm not sure. Maybe today I... I never forget the difficulty for her to get to a place to get to her body of believers, to get to that family so she could give what she had. It's opposite for us. We have to beg. Why is it so difficult for us to serve? Why is it so difficult for us to take the position of a servant? Think about how our cities would change if we focused on serving others rather than focusing on ourselves, Think about how our nation would change if we focused on serving others instead of our own position, our own status. Think about how your marriage would change if you focused on serving your spouse. How would the church look if we focused on on serving others. One of the hardest tasks in life is to become a servant because it doesn't feed our selfish appetites. It doesn't feed our selfish desires. And sometimes we don't feel that gratification instantly. We see the servant as someone who is below or we see the servant as someone who is lowly. But when you find someone who is willing to serve, you found a truly great person. Jesus came to serve. It was his agenda. And so we are never more like Jesus than we, when we are helping hurting people. We are never more like Jesus when we are lifting up the fallen. We are never more like Jesus than when we are restoring the broken. I met a few years ago with some leaders from a church in San Francisco. The church is called the St. Boniface Church. And they were a a church that was in decline and they were a, a church that was dying and they were in a uh, really um, an area of San Francisco that had a lot of foot traffic and a lot of a lot of traffic and a very strategic area. But they were beginning to decline, and they had this beautiful building, one of the most beautiful churches in San Francisco. It's just it's just gorgeous. But they were declining, and they wanted to use this place for the kingdom still. And so they were gathering together 
What can we do to use what God has given us? How can we serve the city? How can we serve this neighborhood? Now, before I begin, I'm not suggesting this is what we do at Hope Point, okay? So don't feel guilty because we're not doing what this church did. I believe God has a plan for us out here on 600 North George Washington Boulevard. I really believe that that God has a, a plan for us. But I really believe we will not understand it fully while we are still arguing amongst ourselves. While we're still trying to get the next person on our side. While we are trying to assert our own agenda. We won't get where God wants us to get until we accept what he has for us. We're arguing too much. We're disagreeing too much. And Jesus is on the road in front of us and he's turning around and going, what are you guys doing? Why are you so loud about your stuff? It's not about your stuff. It's about my good news. Did I get an amen there? Awesome. Awesome. I know I'm too liberal for you conservatives. And I know I'm too conservative for you liberals. Hallelujah. I'm great. I'm good. (laughs) So if you think I have an agenda politically, I don't. My agenda is what Jesus said and what Jesus did. Okay? Is that all right? Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. So this church was, was very passionate about continuing to use their space. And so they started allowing people to sleep there. Beautiful pews. It's a beautiful building. So they started allowing people to use their place to sleep. And year after year, it started to to grow. And more and more men and women started using the space to sleep. And more children started using their space to sleep. And I visited one of their services. And as I walked in, there was men, women, and children just laying down on the pews. And there was an aroma not a lot of people had showered that, that day. And, and there was, you walked in, you're like, wow, there are people here that have been here for a while. They're, they're like living in these pews and they're, and they're sleeping in these pews. And they had one of the most extraordinary worship experiences I've ever had. It was so pure and it was so genuine and it was so received. And the spirit was so present because they were listening to what God wanted them to do. Open up their space for people's needs to be met. So they fed people and they allowed people to sleep. And they had um, law enforcement there. They had talked to the city. It was very organized. It was very controlled. It was very safe. It was so beautiful. And the church was packed. Probably a thousand people in this grand cathedral. And they call it the Gubbio Project. So Google it. It's, it's a, a phenomenal um, ministry that St. Boniface has adopted. They were dying. They started accepting what God had for them. And people's needs are being met. People are now coming off the streets and into jobs and into apartments. And there is a restoration that is going on. Because simply the church said, sure, you can crash in our church for a few weeks. Or a few days. And they have this plaque out in front of the church that says this. I prefer a church which is bruised 
hurting, and dirty because it has been out on the streets rather than a church which is unhealthy from being confined and from clinging to its own security. Beautiful. I prefer a church that is bruised and hurting and dirty because it's been on the streets rather than a church which is unhealthy from being confined and from clinging to its own security. When you cling to your own security, you're arguing. You are bargaining with God and others. And Jesus is on the road. He's saying, what are you guys talking about? Who's better? Who's more important? You're talking about your own status? It's not about that. It's about Him. And all that He has to give to us. And so our desire this morning is to accept and not assert. God, through Jesus, this morning is encouraging us to be more like Him. And he came to serve, not to be served. Picks up a child and expresses that we need to become more childlike and and have more awe and have more wonder and have more humility and tune our ears to what he's saying for his direction and for his plan. So this morning, as we close, stand with me. What is God challenging you to accept? What is God stirring in your heart What is he offering you to accept, to use for his kingdom and for his glory? Personally, there's nothing more liberating and nothing more satisfying than to serve and to give and to offer what God has. I don't have anything to give. I don't have a a lot of, of talents. I'm not the most gifted person. But I know who is. And I know who controls my life. And I want everyone to know the love of Jesus. Nothing more liberating, nothing more satisfying than to serve. But I'm not begging you to serve. Because if I have to beg you to serve, that means I have to give you something. And you want something in return. I would rather us have this mentality. You mean there's an opportunity for me to use what God has given me? You mean there's an opportunity for me to love in His name? You're going to get way more than you have ever imagined when you serve when you accept what God has instead of trying to assert what 
you have in your weakness and in your pride and in your ego and in your anger and in your arguing, when you're asserting what you have, it all falls apart. But when you accept what God has, there's true, authentic life. The red letters of Jesus. Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So as we pray this morning, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we pray this morning and and as we are not so much dismissed, but sent. What is God saying to you to accept this morning? Because it's bigger than you. It's for us. Jesus came to bring something new, not something old. Jesus came into the world to bring something new, and it's for the world. So what's he stirring up in your heart this morning? So bow your heads. If you want to be seated or you want to continue to stand or you want to pray, we want to end this time now out of receiving and acceptance of what God has taught us through his word this morning. So let's pray. Oh, Savior God, we pause in this moment to reflect on your word, to become a servant, not to be served, but to serve in your name. We reflect upon your goodness and your grace and your love. We reflect upon your desire for us. As you pick us up like a child, embrace us and speak to to us in love. Open up the doors and the opportunities for us in your name to express your good news into our marriage and into our families and into our city and into our neighborhoods and around our, our county and in our state and in our nation and around the world. It's all about you. We want to increase or decrease so you increase. Less of us and more of you is our cry. We love you, Jesus. And in your name we pray and we say so be it and amen. Thank you, beloved, for being here uh, today. Make sure you visit some of the tables in the uh, breezeway as you are dismissed.